Hi, I'm Akko. And I'm Marcy. And welcome to the Colored Pages Book Club. That's right. It's that bi-weekly mm. podcast. And it focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism. Written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Uh, yes, colorful backgrounds indeed. And today... We're going to be finishing our conversation on A Time to Dance, which, y'all, I am just, I am just so, so ready. Everyone's like, you are always ready because it is your show. <laughs> but yes, there is a lot of thoughts and feelings from this book. It, it truly touched me in so many ways. And so I am just, I am tickled pink that we're going to be having this conversation. So yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really beautiful book, y'all. I was... Not expecting to be so moved, but I was quite moved. Speaking of being moved, though, I... Also, it's a book about dance, so being moved. Hey, look Saw at that. what you did there, friend. Oh, oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Not you being a comedian. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> that's what I was... See, that's my 4D chest rate. Okay, anyway. So, I have... <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. Actually, I have a sort of choose-your-own-adventure question. Okay. I know. Very exciting. Love that. Love that. Would love to. What are the question or questions? <laughs> I appreciate your participation. Um, <laughs> re- really, what this was is Akko felt like there are two themes happening that she wanted to touch on and she couldn't figure out which one really encapsulated the whole episode. So the one question is, what is conviction and how do you get it or why do people have it? And we, I ask this because a lot of people in this book have conviction. That is mom, Patti, Govinda, Jim. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the, her original teacher who kind of is kind of terrible, uh, Dr. Yeah. Da- Davam. Everyone has sort of a conviction. So that was one question. And the second one is, when have you felt transcendental? And what was that feeling to you? Hmm. And for context, in this book, too, there's a lot of talk about dance and spirituality and sort of emotions and feelings as something that not just connects us to other people, but also connects us to ourselves mm-hmm. and this feeling of being more than just our physical body or even more than just our mind, but some sort of magical mixture of the two. So. And some people find it through dance. Some people find it through spirituality or a mixture of both. Some people find it through, I guess, just being alive. Um, And it's something the characters have to contend with because there's loss and death and trauma in the story. So anyway, those are the questions. I love those questions. Between the two, I kind of like the second one. I really like the second one. I knew you were going to like the second one. So... So... I don't mind answering that one. Um, Yeah. So like hearing that question, you know, my mind goes to like a number of different experiences, like Hmm. very much like Veda. I can, I can sort of relate to this idea of like being brought to a different place in moments of dance. Like not always, but like I've, I've been in certain dance contexts where this usually happened more so in like, you know, dance intensives or moments where it's like, I've been dancing like all day. I've been in settings where like, it's been about kind of like using dance as a medium of like self-reflection or almost like a, like, 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 like a meditation in a lot of ways. And so I feel like in, in curated spaces like that, I've, I've kind of reached some levels of transcendence. Um, 
also just like with you know meditating and things like that when i'm you know actually consistent was we are trying to do more consistently marcy like please do that every day because it's actually good for you but um i can lecture myself about this later but like i feel like when i have been consistent in that practice like i find that when i'm meditating for about like 15 or so minutes onward i feel like there can be the sensation it, it doesn't like last for the rest of it always but like sometimes there's at least like a moment where like mm. i feel like a lack of like body permanence where like i feel like sort of the what the borders that define my body and what separates it from like the setting around me kind of dissipates for a little bit and i feel like just kind of like energy in a sense um so i feel like those have been moments where i've sort of felt that transcendent another time where i felt <laughs> transcendent oh. is, um, <laughs> let us use our words carefully so there was an instance recent mm, eh, semi-recently where i dabbled in some psychedelics um Ooh. and it was keeping the setting and things vague i in in that dabbling experience um i was like i mean i was I was like on, I was, I guess on, on this trip for about like maybe 12 hours or so. And oh, it wow. was like some next level shit. Basically mm. take what I just said about like sort of the moment with meditation. And like, that was basically the entire trip. Like I literally oh. throughout the entire experience. Well, first of all, it was deeply healing and spiritual. Like it was really, really lovely. Like I, mm. during the trip, I remember like, just asking myself a lot of questions around like family and ancestry and like there was in, in, in kind of the context that was in it made sense that that was like really top of mind for me. But like, I felt like there was, how do I even describe it? It was like, I was seeing sort of like previous incarnations of myself um, and the people mm. that I was sort of like dabbling with in, in in this psychedelic experience and then also at the same time like in in the immediate setting around me i felt like it was really easy for me to just like become other things so like for instance i remember at one point i was like i was like inside and i was like looking outside and i like saw this bird like sitting on the windowsill and like all of a sudden i was like the bird on the windowsill like looking in at me and everyone else i was with which like it wasn't freaky i wasn't like like oh my god like what the fuck like i'm a bird like i have wings but like it just felt so <laughs> seamless another moment was like i remember i was like in i was so in that same room that i was in i was like looking at a picture and it was like of a snow-capped mountain and like all of a sudden i was like one of the snowflakes like coming down like landing softly like onto this mountain like it was just like there was it, it almost you know how like a naruto like Eno has that ability where she can like do that mind transfer jutsu and like become other people naruto. <laughs> like, it, it truly felt like some <laughs> Eno Yamanaka shit. Like it felt like I could mm. just I became the souls of other people and could just see things other people in things and like to right. see life from that perspective. And it was just it was very, very fascinating. And it was really just like it was truly it was it was one of those moments where like I feel like I, I'm still developing my spiritual kind of practices, but like I've always kind of hearkened the belief that like, you know, we're all connected. This is all sort of like one thing happening in concert. Like there's no real sort of distinction between all of us. But I feel like in that moment, I truly felt it like in, mm. in almost like a dramatic sense. Like I was like, Oh, I am true. There is literally nothing separating me <laughs> from mm. anything or anybody else. And with the people I was with, I just felt like such a deep sense of connection. Like it truly felt like in looking at them, I was seeing myself and like vice versa. It was just, it was really, really beautiful. And I remember like there was, um, 
almost like a home base that I called time space that literally just looked like a swirl of like orange and yellows and reds and just like these kind of like autumnal type colors and like in it like it was just like energy and life force and I would like kind of go there and then from there like go into whatever vision around like my ancestors or go into like whatever next sort of transcending experience Mm. but it was it was just very soothing and comfortable and I remember feeling I was like does this happen like like is this like what happens after we die like do we just come back to the space of just like pure energy and we're just like we just become part of the universe and i just remember in that moment like losing any fear of like mortality or like anything like that like it was just it was it was it was oh my god um (laughs) yeah so like that was a moment (laughs) where i felt truly transcendent um Mm. and i feel like i i still think about that trip a lot like i just think about like kind of the teachings that I felt and like the, the just the way that I felt and like kind of the things that were just like it, it was so easy to like hold on to knowledge and wisdom that mm. I didn't even know I possessed like I would say certain things that I like wrote down later and was like bitch I said that like oh my god <laughs> like it was like yeah so um I don't know it, it, it's only I've only dabbled in psychedelics once but it's definitely not something I'm like opposed to doing again but it is something that it, it, I felt like it brought me to a totally different place of consciousness that I was like, this is truly phenomenal. And like, mm. I, I, I want whatever spiritual wellness practices that I go about in my life to kind of bring, not saying I want to have the exact same trip again, but like have a similar level of like that self-transcendence where it's truly like me as an individual, it's like that I don't feel so insular in myself, right? Um, that I truly feel kind of like that collective tie between myself and what's going on in concert um, around me, but really just in the universe in general. Feeling so small again, but in like the mm. best way possible, if that makes sense. So, yeah. That is what I would say <laughs> to that question. <laughs> I feel like you're like, girl, what the fuck? But um, yeah. No, no, no. So. I... I am so I listen to in typical Akko fashion, she's gonna say a theoretical response to something someone has actually done because all she ever does is theoretically experience things. But um <laughs> I've looked first of all, looked into a lot of psychedelic and um like people's experiences with psychedelics and sort of heard them talk about it. You're not saying anything that is un common from anyone who said it and Mm -hmm. the insights they've received and the wisdom and and that feeling of of not just um not just knowing that we are all energy and all connected but feeling it that's the part Mm -hmm. that I've, i've definitely heard that before and everyone always emphasizes they're like i don't just know it i feel it you're right so that's and i think a lot of people talk about a lot of different like uh, psychedelic practices that help them not a lot of people it helps them with comes to terms with death for some people to mm. treat ptsd and trauma there's Definitely. like studies on it um not that you need like a scientific institution to justify something also there's also a lot of indigenous people who have practiced this for years and have a very medicinal or spiritual relationship with it so i think i mean it's just it's it's a bioscience right like there's it's just another type of science a type of knowledge a type of understanding so mm-hmm. and also just taking like that's well and even my explanation of that is just one vector of explaining what it was right it's actually right. A, a thousand things it's everything marcy just said it was um 
So yeah, I'm really happy for you because I feel like you're already someone who's able to understand other people and to sort of relate and feel other people. So it it doesn't surprise me that in the state you were you were a heightened sense of being able to like traverse the landscape of individualism into like a collective consciousness or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um so that's pretty dope. But it also makes me think like it's almost like so what like granted you also read Emerson Thoreau and like so maybe I'm if I'm just gonna be like we all kind of know what it means to transcend individualism. Like that's kind of an overstatement because maybe we mm. also just learned about transcendentalism in school. So but I do think I feel like humans if we allow ourselves to, we have similar experiences of collectiveness and collective consciousness mm-hmm. that we sometimes try to ignore. But I feel like in those collective conscious spaces are we grow we grow humanity. You know what I mean? We grow compassion, right. we grow conviction, we grow connection with other people. Um so I really dig what you just said. It was like super beautiful um, as per usual, (laughs) (laughs) I guess. So for me, I guess if I'm trying to think which question I'll answer, because I feel like I should answer conviction since you did transcendental and I like don't have excessively a lot to add to the conversation. Um, Mm. I, I do think like when I meditate or when I'm traveling or when I'm really like, I think I have a pretty good relationship with my mind for the most part. I, it's, that sounds like a weird thing to say, but I actually feel like me and my mind converse a lot. Um, I guess me and mm. my ego actually is what I'm saying, which is maybe a different way to say the same thing. Whatever. I don't care. So there are t- <laughs> times when I'm just like <laughs> in, in nature or traveling. This is why I kind of love movement and traveling because with everything sort of being very transient um i feel like it's almost this experience of like dissolving into my surroundings and then there i can kind of find a a freedom and by a freedom that's probably not the right word i feel Mm. i can feel the it's kind of like govinda says like the something that's large and good i can Mm. i can i i feel and I, i i experience that that moment of oh like this is all all and this is this is good and it feels and not that everything large feels good or that it has to be good to be transcendent because like on the flip side when i've been super depressed and super low mm-hmm. there's also been a transcendent now and just to be careful don't please don't take this as a light conversation but when i have felt very very down and things have gotten very bad there's a transcendentalism there too something where everything's stripped away in a sense there's no i guess the largeness is just as large it's a little bit Mm. scary and i think dangerous it can be but uh i would say i've had that experience too a different type of collective otherworldliness i suppose or mm-hmm. maybe breakdown of the self is a better word but if you get into that space like talk to someone and see a therapist too because it's like scary 
but also i guess if you're having a bad trip like also see someone and call someone <laughs> so like just like call a friend yeah. Anyway, so that's my transcendental piece. I don't know if I just made the conversation lighter or heavier. I can't really tell, but I'm going to go to conviction now and see if I can like <laughs> change the tone. <laughs> like me and Govinda and Veda are just like, okay, like let's just <laughs> mosey on over to <laughs> Right, we're just like, do, 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 <laughs> boop, boop, boop. And everyone's like, okay, you saying boop, boop, boop doesn't just dramatically <laughs> change the mood back. <laughs> <laughs> Right, that's right. I'm just like eating a sandwich, and you're like, you can't really anyway. But um, like, these are just <laughs> such harsh transitions. But okay. <laughs> but and let me see if I can smooth it out. I'm gonna try. But I do think from the transcendental space, the question about conviction does come in, and 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 I think conviction is granted. Your convictions can be bad. <laughs> they can be very strong and a bad idea. You can that's true. But just for a second, like let's bring it up into a hopeful space. I do think where there's compassion, where there is introspection, where is this, there's this idea where the ego dissolves and we realize that we are no better or worse than anyone else and that we're just a part of this, you know, echo through the universe. There is in that in that sort of stillness or that pause, a moment of, of realization. And I think in that mm -hmm. realization, the conviction. And by conviction, I mean a decision to become something on purpose. Um, and in a positive light, perhaps in love or perhaps in, in earnestness. So I think it's really hard to have conviction in the U.S., in a capitalist state, like with the traditions of imperialism and, and a lot of hatred and just whatever. And maybe that's, that's probably always been true. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe not because it requires a moment of, of, of facing yourself and, and not being like ashamed and hiding. Not that, I mean, not to judge, you can always feel shamed and hide and whatever, but, uh, and fear is, you know, we're human. But our convictions come from the moments when we choose to introspect, when we choose to transcend our whatever experiences and see how they fit into a larger community or person-to-person -person relationship. Mm -hmm. So I think people who have conviction have had some taste of, of compassion or connection with other people. Um, or even compassion or connection with themselves. Um, I think when we alienate from ourselves, it's it's hard to have any connection, and we sort of just go along with what right. society tells us. So there you go, folks. You didn't think I'd connect the two, but I did. Look at that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The listener's like, I don't know, Akko, I don't know. But you know what? You can I don't know during the break, which we're taking now, <laughs> right before we go into the summary. <laughs> we'll see y'all soon. We love to see it. Um, and we will see y'all. <laughs> Okay, listeners. So 
Gonna roll back from the transcendentalism and the conviction for just a minute to, you know, put some <laughs> plot points on the page. So right. <laughs> they're like, do we have to? Eh, maybe. So quick recap. <laughs> the main character is Veda Venkat, and she's a young dance prodigy of Bharatanatyam dance. And unfortunately, she gets in a really terrible car accident that results in the amputation of her right leg below the knee. And the mm-hmm. first half of the story is her dealing with the, the trauma and the pain of recovery from the accident. Honestly, that's actually the second half of the story, too. The whole story is like holistically her journey and her life and a life story. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Veda doesn't want to give up dancing at first. Um, and her original teacher is very skeptical that she can t- continue, which is like, okay. But she, with the help of her parents, Jim, who's mm-hmm. a prosthesis engineer from the United States, Govinda, who's a teenage boy her age, who's a student of Dr. Daban, who has sort of a more mind-body spiritual connection to dance, she starts her journey to learn to dance again. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning of part two, Veda is continuing to improve both her like general use of her prosthesis as well as her dancing. And she's at a session with Jim and she notices he's kind of distracted and a bit distant. And he tells her he has a big decision he has to make soon. And she like mm-hmm. off- awkwardly suggests that they get coffee. And Jim is like a responsible adult. So he assumes she's suggesting that he get coffee by himself to think about his life choices. And he's like, yeah, that's a good idea. I should get coffee by myself <laughs> to think about my life choices as the adult <laughs> which, in the room. <laughs> which does not involve you, Beta, <laughs> who's all. like, what, 14 years old and like literally a patient. Um, right. So she talks to Jim later and basically <laughs> uh, he's, she's, he's like, hey, I'm going back to the U.S. I'm really sorry. You're doing great. I'm going to miss you. I'm going to make sure to transfer your case over. But I, I do think I'm going to go home. And Veda's like, cool, 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 cool. Confession time. What about us? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> because she's 14. And and Jim responds as a responsible adult should that like, well, first, I'm really sorry if I've done anything that makes you think I as an adult man would like who is also your prosthesis engineer who's supposed to be helping you with your recovery made you think that this was in any way romantic. And she's like, honestly, no, you've kind of just been a responsible adult. I'm just 14 and have lots of feelings. And he's like, right. as which is completely reasonable, everyone, of course. But he's like, which is what Jim echoes. He's like, well, that's completely reasonable. As the irresponsible adult, I'm going to take on the emotional burden here and explain to you that that's perfectly fine. And people fall for the caretakers all the time. And I'm also an adult in the room. And your feelings are real and they're normal. And I don't return them because I'm a responsible person who cares about your well-being. And right. then he's like, see you soon. I'm going to have like a little reunion thing for everyone to go to. Right. So after this... Veda is quite embarrassed. Uh, obviously, when you're 14, you would be. So she's like, what the hell? And, you know, there's a whole side conversation with Chandra, who's like, interesting choice there, kiddo. But um, she then <laughs> goes to hang out with Govinda, who's getting... <laughs> Chandra's actually hilarious, but, like, also, like, a great friend at the same time. Anyway, no, Chandra's, so... like, like, the MVP. Like, I yes. feel like she <laughs> is just... No, I'm like, Veda, you, y'all have a good friendship going on. At first, in part one, I was like, is this... What is this? But no, Chandra's like really, she's really, she's really, really dope. <laughs> right. She just gives like very, she was like, at first she thought she was joking when she told her that she confessed her feelings. <laughs> she was like, hilarious. And then I was like, Which funny just made, made it feel so much worse. <laughs> right. She was like, really? And then, but then she was like, well, that's really brave. It's a good point. It's really brave to be so open and honest with your feelings. And again, I, I'll always note that I really don't think it's a problem for a young 
person, a minor, to confess their feelings or have feelings for an adult, it's always the onus of the adult to be responsible about the fact Correct. that young people have feelings. Absol- which is yes. Yes, which is what Jim does, which is why we we like Jim. Anyway, so Govinda is offering her one-on-one classes. And during these lessons, she's improving. But she's also, it's hard. I mean, she's, it's hard. <laughs> she's had her right leg amputated. It's, she's 14 years old. It's not like she was born this way. And so it's difficult for her. And she's struggling. And right. she also has trauma that she's working through. So Govinda's like, you don't have to get the perfect move every time. And then it's like, I'm used to having my body bent to my will and not having to bend to the, the will of my body. And Govinda's trying to explain that, like, dancing is not just about the physicality. Again, it's about the mental and the spiritual, the feelings that mm. are conveyed. And Veda's like, I feel like you're just telling me to avoid what I can't do and that I have limitations now. And I'm very upset about this. And it's understandable because she's gone through a lot, a lot of feelings, a lot of drama. Yep. So they have a bit of a fight. And she complains to Patti and she's like, he wants me to just avoid my limitations instead of getting over them. And Patti's like, I have a story because I'm Patti. And she's like, uh, Vasa. Patti's her grandma, by the way. Yes, Patti's her grandma. And she tells the story about Vasa who once climbed the Himalayas where Shiva lives to like find the perfect pose, the perfect yoga pose. Only to be told by Shiva that like as many people, individuals as exist, uh, there are that many perfect yoga poses. And perfection is an illusion, mm. and Shiva lives in all of us, and we're all gods. <laughs> and Vasa was like, okay, well, you know, was hoping to, like, get a binder of, like, complete 150 <laughs> Pokemon set of perfect poses, but looks like that's not happening today. <laughs> and she was like, I know what a Pokemon is, but, like, how do you? And this is, like, pretty anecdotal. I mean, um, right. anachronistic. <laughs> and then, like, somehow Marcy... And Aqua were there, like, drinking tea. And then everyone was confused, but it was fine. So anyway. <laughs> because it's all about spirituality at the end of the day. <laughs> and we're, we're all, all always there. Anyway, so she, right. tells, she like, comes back from the story, which Pati is also I kind of I, too, am Veda. Like, I am Pati. <laughs> oh, my God. That actually took me out. Why was that so funny? I'm so sorry. Continue. <laughs> and so after, like, this subplot that didn't happen... um. Veda then goes and tells Chandra and she's like, have you considered just calling Govinda? Because it's like really that simple. And Veda's like, sure. So she calls Govinda and they make up. And then Jim invites Veda and her parents to his going away party, which includes a bunch mm-hmm. of people who he's made prosthesis for. And so it's actually really cool because she was like, usually when I'm around, you know, just walking around, I'm an anomaly. But here I was actually just one of many. And that felt really nice. Mm-hmm. And then Jim's like, hey, when you get your dance troupe started and you're touring in the U.S., you know, I'll be in the front row. Like, I I always support you. Mm. Veda also finds out that her mother sold her. This is like a, we're like jumping stories. Like, Veda and her mom are talking. She finds out her mom sold her diamond earrings, which are like the last remnants of her former life in like this rich household that she, if you guys remember from part one, she was disowned because she married for love and no money. You can always marry for love and money, like just so we're clear. Right. It's it's harder to marry for love and no money. Anyway, so she sold the <laughs> diamonds to pay for Veda's medical expenses. Um, and she realized that she was so focused on her becoming an engineer and it was misplaced because she, she saw actually in her the same flame she had for when, when she stood up to her parents to marry who she loved and, and that she's the real drool in her life and she supports her. And it's like, you know, it's mm. a mother-daughter bonding moment. And, and yeah, so... Later, when they go back to their dance session, her and Govinda, Govinda also apologizes. 
And he also compares her to her younger sister. And Veda's like, um, uh, this is cute <laughs> that everybody that. like thinks I'm their younger sister, but like, <laughs> I'm not really trying to be everyone's younger sister like that. So anyway, um, she's like, I'm a teenager. Like, I'm, t- I'm an adult. You know, she's not an adult, but you know what I mean. When you're a teenager, you think you're an adult. Whatever. So. Mm-hmm. They dance some more. Govinda says that like Veda dances like a demon, quote unquote. And he clarifies he doesn't mean in a bad way. He just means her determination and her like willingness to just like keep going and like never give up is like and pushing herself is is really like admirable to him. He really admires that about her and he's really impressed. And he's like, honestly, I don't I don't even have that level of conviction, which we'll get to later. And so they're flirting or whatever. So then Veda is asked to like fill a role in the dancer title of one of the dancers who's moving away. And she gets really excited and the, the dance school and everyone's like really supportive of her and they're excited to have her join. And her parents and Chandra and Patsy all congratulate her. And this is like the first dance recital she's had since the accident. Like it's a really big deal for mm, her. It's really, yeah. you know, fulfilling. So the practice is hard. And um, I think that Dr. Darvon is called Akka in the story. Am I right? Yeah, they call her Akka. It's like a, um, I'm forgetting the name, but it's like a, not a surname. That's not it. It's like, it's like a, like, a, I guess a title. I think yeah. Akka is like, yeah, like th- most of the kids call her Donam Akka, but I'm not sure if like her peers would call her that. Yeah, I doubt it. So that's what yeah. Veda calls her. So we're just going to say Akka for consistency in the story. Um, anyway, so Akka's like really pushing her and wants her to practice hard. And Radhika, who's a friend she's met at the dance group, and Govinda are like trying to support and be like, she's hard on everyone. You're doing great. This is great. Woohoo. And Akka's like, you know what? I think we're ready for one-on-one lessons. You and me, Veda. And Veda's like, am I ready for this? And Akka's like, I mean, did I stutter? So <laughs> she's like, you have a lot of courage and determination. You know, you don't have a lot of compassion. She's like, you don't have compassion for yourself and for others. And I was like, uh, Akka, did you see uh, Akka's question from episode one? And Akka's like, I'm a fictional character. Please continue your summary. <laughs> so... <laughs> Veda is, <laughs> is very self-aware. So, oh God! Veda admits that she's she's fine pushing her body, and we kind of see this in the story, right? She's fine pushing her body. She's fine with that. She doesn't like to push her mind, and so Akka's kind of trying to help her push her mind because it's clear that she's repressed her trauma of her accident, which again understandable even if it wasn't completely still is what happened right like that's people trauma is a really painful dark thing and we all deal with it look i've repressed many of things before only to have them figured out later footnote the pain tree okay anyway so akka is like let's try to go there for a second and veda kind of goes through this process of kind of going through just processing or thinking about the accident and what it the despair and the the whole thing. Because as like a footnote with Akko, we don't process feelings because they really hurt. But in not processing them, we hold on to them and they continue to hurt us. And so, Mm -hmm. and this is kind of true about trauma. And this is why if you talk to a therapist or anyone, they're trying to help you kind of, you, you can't make the thing not happen. The accident can't not happen. Trauma can't not happen but what we do is we we try to feel it and let that feeling reverberate through our bodies so that we're not holding on to the pain of something that's already happened um right which is a process which is what she's going through and kind of starting in this moment and she's realizing that Akka's trying to help her understand that she's strong enough to do that process of healing letting go 
Mm. And and very much everything you just said. And I also just want to add um, just quickly. So the reason why they're doing this specifically for the dance show is because um, the sh- so the dance show is all about the life of Buddha and like. Mm. Veda's going to be playing two roles. One, she's going to be like a, playing the role of like a sick older woman. And then like she's going to play the role of a woman named Gatami who essentially like lost her. Like I think her son was like really sick or he had like died. And basically mm. she like went to Buddha and was like, how do I like bring him back? Or like what like what can I do to like revitalize this life? And essentially um, the Buddha was like, oh, well, if you can get a mustard seed from someone who has never faced a similar tragedy, I'll be able to resurrect your son. And essentially when she was going around to like talk to people, people were sharing similar stories of loss that they had experienced. And she was realizing that like, oh, like this is a this is a type of life event, a trauma like so, so that so many other people have experienced. But at the same time, we can like process and be there for one another and like move through this in like a communal sense. And so with that, it kind of brought some like healing to the inevitable fact that like her son wasn't going to come back. So that that's why mm-hmm. like Akka was so like, Veda, you really need to like kind of sit with what you've gone through, especially mm-hmm. when we're bringing that into a place of like dance as self-transcendence and, and bringing in and, and not escaping from who we are, but like really diving into the to, to truly who we are. Like we can't run away from these types of, traumas that 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 we need to also kind of bring in i have mixed feelings about that but like that's essentially why she was like going right. so hard in case anyone was like why is it that deep that like <laughs> that, right, that right. bring in all this for a dance show I, yeah just want to, to throw in that context right and yeah it's to marcy's point asterisk this is not i do not think this is something you should do with just anyone like akka is clearly someone who's close to her and a and a guru in a sense and like someone who cares about her well-being and veda also has like a network of people supporting her right so it's not like i uh, how do we say this we do not tread lightly on trauma on this podcast we would not we're not saying that there's like a progress narrative of recovery Mm. none of those things and that there's a timeline for that and that like this is your becoming right we would we wouldn't say that because I think both of us are familiar enough with situations to know it just things don't work that way and things don't work that cleanly. This book is still trying to talk about the process of these things in a way that's that that I think is healthy and helpful. And so that's the really long footnote that's basically a page. But anyway, (laughs) moving on to the next note. And if it's, by the way, if this doesn't resonate with you, it's okay. Like, just be like, oh, cool, that's a thought Marcy and Nako had. And just, you know, let it wash over you. So, much like Govinda showing up to Veda's house with a kite, and he's super cute and nervous. <laughs> and he's like, do you want to take this kite and go flying? And she's like, is this, like, a lizard kite? And he's like, no, it's supposed to be a dragon. Why does everyone think it's a lizard? And you're like, huh, Govinda, you're really struggling with this, huh? She's like, I mean, it gives lizard, but, like, go off this. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. It's just like, I'm just going off of what this kite is giving. So. <laughs> um and then she i mean she she's very sweet and she's like lizards are basically dragon real dragons on her right govinda's face is also like a neutral that a neutral emoji like he also is not convinced but anyway so um 
he comes over, he brings his sister to teach her how to fly the kite or whatever, or whatever, to meet cute. You know what I'm saying? So he's upset because his parents are engineers and they've established this engineering firm and they want him to become, you know, the engineer's successor and help keep the room alive and to, you know, arise to the status of living. And he's like, right. that would be wonderful, except I love to dance. Mm. And... Yeah, they talk more about, hey, he's struggling with this because he's like, I don't want to disappoint my parents. I have this younger sister who I love dearly and want to take care of. I want to be a good son. I want to participate in society. I want to do all the things people tell me I'm supposed to do was like a competent part of, you know, like the community. But I also right. think I like find myself and my life in dance. So they talk more about dance as a mental, spiritual, and emotional practice that lifts the dancer and the audience into a transcendental place. I know, we've done this like five times, so we're going to skip over <laughs> it. You'll read it in the book. It's very good and well-written. Then Patty has a heart attack. It's a summary, y'all. These are spark notes. Patty has a heart attack, which is upsetting. I'm actually going to pause here. If you have a family member who is who is sick, we're about to talk about this for a second. So just that's a moment for, for you there. Um, anyway, so everyone rushes to the hospital. She does recover, and Veda is having a hard time processing that and just, you know, just having a, a, a family member who's very sick. So she's like, hey, Chandra, do you want to come with me to the temple to pray for Pati's health? And Chandra, who's like an OG, is like, yeah, of course. Like, I was just studying, like, science books or whatever. So, yeah, sure, right. I'll come. So they're taking a walk to the temple, and they actually find someone who is unhoused who actually had told Veda earlier when he saw her that he hoped she had better karma in the next life after he saw her after the accident and then Veda is now looking at him like wondering why there's suffering in the world and why things happen and she kind of talks to Chandra and she's like I think it starts raining it's like a very quintessential like I don't know it feels like an anime and it's like raining and they can't get somewhere because it's like they're stuck in the rain and right. she's kind of like Chandra like what do you think about God and suffering and things happening? And John just like, and her typical, like, I think about things, but I have my thoughts on them and I'm kind of fine with them. <laughs> like, mm. she's a matter of fact is what I would say. Or maybe conviction is actually the word I'm looking for, actually. But she's like, the fact that there are atoms inside everything tells me that God's within us. And she's like, I think the, like, rotating and the twirling of electrons around the nucleus is like the dance and rhythm of like Shiva or God, you know what I mean? Which is interesting, like mm. connection to like, you know, Shiva dances and all of us and everything. So it's it's just right. So she's like, I don't really see the difference between those things. So that's that's where my piece of mind or my thought goes to she's like i don't know about all these high ideas of like death or like what happens when we die or why people suffer. But she's like, I know about atoms, I know about electrons, and that works for me. So Veda yeah. notes that like Patti also has a pretty strong faith through like, um, you know, she was telling that story about Vasa earlier. She just has like a, an idea and she has like prayer rituals that she does. And so there's Chandra and she's like, I don't know about me. I've got like thoughts here and there. It's kind of like when you have your brainstorming map and you, you got a lot of bubbles on the page. You know, there's a lot of thoughts going on. They don't really connect, but they're there. And that's kind of how Veda feels at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. That's that. That's real. So thank you for that, Ako. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah. So now you know, Patti is recovering. You know, Veda's just having a lot of like just kind of spiritual moments, and she's also like her and Govinda. You know, are just 
not like okay, they're, they're, okay, they're not like full blown dating, right. but like it's giving like it's a you thing. know we're getting to know each other. Yeah. It's cute or whatever. So for instance, like basically there was a lot of scenes where they kind of would explore like the deeper meaning of dance. Like there was one scene where like Veda and, Co- and Govinda went to this like river and they were just like working on like just breathing and sort of like meditation mm-hmm. and kind of finding music in nature itself to dance to. It was y'all, y'all gotta read it. It was beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, then Radhika had a party and was like, Oh, Veda, like, not for nothing, Govinda's going to be there. So, like, take with that what you will. And she's like, okay, what time does the party start? What's the right. dress code? What should I bring? Like, do you need to help setting up? Because I'm coming. So, like, Veda and Govinda, like, are at the party. They, like, dance together. It's just mm-hmm. very, very cute. It's just a cute little, like, sort of adolescent romance situation. Mm-hmm. Now, soon thereafter, unfortunately, Patti does actually pass away, like, essentially in her sleep. Um mm-hmm. And it happened with, in a way where, like, Veda and her and her parents were able to kind of, like, send her off. Like, it was, like, very peaceful, but, like, obviously very traumatic and, like, really, really hard. And so, you know, Veda, her, really, her whole family, everyone's having a hard time with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Veda kind of sends Akka and Govinda a letter at the school being like, yeah, like, you know, my, my grandmother just passed away. I'm going to be mourning for about 20 days. So, like, don't, yeah, I'm just going to be here in case anyone, mm-hmm. you know is checking for me and so in this you know veda's having kind of a hard time she you know got some really nice letters from from akka from govinda it was also really beautiful too because like um so pati was actually a teacher and so like in her death like a lot of people kind Mm. of came over and just talked about like how pati was like just really revolutionary in their lives like how she just taught them so much and like just had such a deep impact on them and these are people who were like pati students like decades ago so like Veda's sort of, like, having a hard time, but is also able to reckon with the fact that Patti really left such a, like, beautiful mark on the world. And I think that's something that she sort of wants to emulate. She also notices that, like, um, some of her phantom limb pains are coming back and, like, she's having a hard time kind of, like, dealing with them. And there was sort of a touching scene where, like, Govinda came over and, like, you know, Veda was having some of her phantom limb pains and, like, he, like, essentially massaged the same area is like where she was feeling it and it was actually really interesting because there was actually a very similar scene in on earth were briefly gorgeous that i thought was like really interesting um bottom line it was very touching and like veda's like oh my god not govinda like being helpful so you know just like a lot of things going on so skipping forward a little bit um well, the dance perf- maybe it's worth maybe it's worth saying this fact if or this thought if we've seen it twice in two books then we should log this as people who maybe have not experienced this. We should log this as something to know, right? Because if, if the point of books is so we have knowledge so that if we're ever in such a situation, we can be compassionate or useful to someone who needs it. And we've seen it twice now. Maybe we should note it as something to know. Or if it happens yeah. to us, we'll also know. Anyway. I think it's not a nothing is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I think it's yeah, significant. I say, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it's it's a nothing, but like... Um, oh, you didn't. You you made a very good point. I'm, I'm trying to work through... I'm, I'm going to let Marcy continue. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. No, you're fine. And, 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 and I do appreciate the scenes because I think before my understanding of like phantom limbs was that essentially it's like you feel the part there that was amputated but like it's just it's almost like a my understanding was that it was always like fairly like okay like you feel it even though you know that it's not physically there but i didn't realize that for example like 
it could, you know, itch and flare up and like, you know, just, it could be like really unpleasant. Like you could feel it like in, like you could feel those types of sens- sensations in the actual limb itself. Right. And um, then and like so, be unable to soothe it. Right. And then also right. mentally that would be very, that would then bring the trauma back up, which is like upsetting, you know? Right. So yeah. So yeah. So it's definitely, yeah. More definitely worth knowing. Um, mm-hmm. But moving forward a little bit. So essentially the day of the dance recital comes. It was like really quickly kind of narrated, but basically like they slayed the house down. It was sick. They did. Everyone was like, oh my God, this show was fucking everything. Literally everyone's wig was snatched. And so like Veda was like, look at us being dancers. Fuck it up, y'all. And so then like Govinda's parents just kind of entered the scene like, oh my God, oh my God, great job. Like y'all did so good with the show. Like we love to see it, Govinda. You got to do your thing in the dance show. Cute, cute, cute. Glad everyone came. Govinda, um, it's time to get serious. Mama needs an engineer in the house. And so mm. yo ass, we gotta, we gotta pick it up. Pick it up. This dance shit, it was cute. She was cute. Past it. Future tense, engineer. We getting your ass a tutor and uh, we're getting your shit together. Yeah. And Govinda's like struggling because he's like, fuck, like I, like my parents like expect this of me. Like I need to like be an engineer now. And so essentially like he feels like he needs to like kind of conform to their wishes and like, mm-hmm. you know, start taking entrance exams or, or studying for entrance exams and like, you know, being tutored and like math and science and shit. And like basically kind of going down this path um, now that the dance recital is over. And so Govinda's like overwhelmed because he's like, oh my God, like I have to like start like doing tutoring lessons, but I also need to like enhance my own dance practice, but I'm also like working with Veda one-on-one, but I also teach like the, like the babies, like what am I supposed to do? And then Veda was like, I mean, maybe I could teach the babies. Like she, like in the same way that mm-hmm. she blurted out that she liked Jim, she also was like, maybe I could teach them. <laughs> like just like, just, just, just unfettered thought, just like spilling out of her mouth. And she was like, oh my God, I cannot believe I just said that. And then Govinda was like, look at God, that is a great idea. And then like, Veda's like, oh my God, hopefully Donam Aka is like, girl, that's a fucking <laughs> terrible idea. Like it's a child. But Donna Aka was like, girl, look at God. And then God was like, look at me. Like, it was just very like, like everyone was like, we love this idea. Fuck it up. And Veda's like super nervous, but she like starts teaching her like baby class and it's like mm-hmm. super dope. She notices that like, so in her class, I think the class is like fairly small. It's about six girls and a boy. Um, there's a girl named Uma who she like... Veda takes particular attention to just because like Uma like really likes to dance, but like she like always is covering her mouth when she dances. Like she had this this scarf that like she always has like covering her face. And essentially she has like a cleft lip and like, you know, at the time I don't think I think I'm not sure Veda knows this or not, but basically she's like almost always like covering something with her like with her mm-hmm. like scarf. Like I like I wish she could be more like present in her dancing. Um and there's actually a boy named Roshan who like is like super bubbly, super cheerful, um, lives for dancing, but basically is struggling a little bit because his older brother was like, um, dancing is for girls. And like, if you're dancing, like that's girly. And then like Veda was like, girl gender is a social construct, like fuck all that. And um, mm. basically Roshan was like, you're right. Um, so like, <laughs> but she is thinking about like, okay, I, I'm noticing the ways in which like my students show up and I want to make sure that as I'm teaching them, I'm kind of emulating mm. and, and sort of embodying the ways that they 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 can kind of showcase love and confidence in themselves right especially thinking about uma and so meanwhile during all of this govinda is like kind of slipping because he's like oh my god like because at first he was like oh like i'll just like you know do the tutoring thing and then i'll just like do dance 
to the same capacity that I always have. But like right. he's struggling with that because like the tutoring and everything is taking like a lot more time. It's like so he's starting to like show up late for like, you know, his one on ones with Veda. Like he's like just not showing up as much for dance. And like Veda's like mm. super annoyed about it. But it was also like, I don't want to like drag it, but like I'm low key bothered. So Donna Maka adding to the mess is like, hey, Veda, I have these three tickets for this like transcendent dance show. Um, mm. Well, love if, love if you could go with Govinda and then maybe take like a mystery guest number three to like see <laughs> the show because I'm sure your parents wouldn't love you just going one on one with a boy to this thing. So like take Govinda and like chow somebody else, Chandra, <laughs> Radik, the girl, somebody. Um, and so she's like, uh. okay, that's like, so Veda's like, oh, this is perfect. Like I can go with Govinda. We can mm-hmm. hang out. Like woo woo woo, fuck it up, tear it up. So, meanwhile, so before she goes to Govinda with any of this, she talks to Chandra and she's telling her about her, like, um, dance lessons. And she's telling her about Uma. And she's like, yeah, there's this girl named Uma and she, in my class. Like, she's like, she loves to dance, but she's always just covering her face. And, like, I just want her to know that she's beautiful. And, like, I feel like she's having a hard time believing it. And Chandra's like, that's really interesting. And then proceeds to go into Veda's closet, pulls out a skirt that Veda bought recently, but hasn't worn since the accident. Um, mm. And was like, you... Like, not in a judgmental way, but she was like, I think, you know, there are a lot of ways that you kind of cover up certain parts of your body as well. And I think that, like, something that could be, if you were up to it, mm. could be helpful to to emulate is, like, showcasing, like, demonstrating to her, not just saying to her that, like, we don't have to cover up the parts of ourselves that people may say are disgusting or weird or, like, things like that. And Veda's like, you know what, Chandra, when you got a point... Mm. you got a point <laughs> like mm. like i'm not gonna see her act like you know that was a bad idea like that you're, you're totally right and so veda kind of is doing some more self-reflection there so anyway veda goes to govinda and is like hey where there's a dance <laughs> show you try to come like what's the tea and govinda's like oh he, without even knowing the date the time the mm. year nothing about the show he was like can't nope. and she was like bitch you don't even <laughs> i barely got the question out <laughs> like bro what and he was like oh girl soup's busy with like dancing and you know like i love dancing but it's not like my life like it's not like like my career and then like veda's like okay you loki sound like you read a script from someone else's mm-hmm. like life but you know whatever he was like looking at the teleprompter. He was like, "I love dance, but it's not my career." Was that like, like there was oh, like someone career? with like cue cards in the back, right? <laughs> just like reading all of each. <laughs> <laughs> like, so she's like, "Okay, I'm seeing the ways in which you're kind of like being pulled away from this, which is really just really shitty to see." And like you know, yeah. like Veda also was just like, "Well, shoot, if you have no time, like maybe I can start doing lessons by myself. Like maybe we don't have to keep doing these like one on ones or whatever." And Govinda's <sighs> like, "Girl, that is a great idea." And Veda's like, that was not sarcasm, but okay. <laughs> and I just really want to personally go back to part one when I was like, Govinda gets a gold star. Like, you know, Mama really showcased like a lot of like wonderful characteristics this week. I just, I just want to take my gold star back from you, Govinda. Really? You're actually in the bottom two because like, what are we doing? What are we, what are we doing right now? We're not, I want to talk not, about this because I don't, uh, we should talk <laughs> about this in the thoughts, thoughts and feelings because I, I want to. Interesting. Okay, continue. Sorry, sorry. We actually have I have a lot of thoughts about Govinda's arc, but um, but yes. So anyway, at this point, Veda's like, look, Govinda is a chop. Like at this point, I just need to like live my life and like really just get into like my spiritual dance energy. So she's all about like kind of connecting to her dance to her spiritual practices. Like so, there was for instance, there was a moment where like her phantom limb prickles were kind of coming back, and she really in that moment she sort of like meditated and focused on like opening her third eye and it was actually really really helpful so she's sort of noticing the ways in which like her like the, that mind-body connection basically mm-hmm. right like just kind of like how that's showing up in her own life she also starts like hanging out with her neighbors whose names are the Subramaniums 
who've like always lived with Veda, but like she never really like paid particular attention to them. But like they've been like super nice like since her accident mm. and stuff. And so she was like, you know, let me like become friends with like the daughter. Her name is Shabana. She actually like loves music as well. I think she actually plays the music that's usually associated with like Bharatanatyam dance. Um, and Veda was like, damn girl, I've been paying so little attention to you motherfuckers. I didn't mm. even know that. And Shabana's <laughs> like, I mean, that's... Glad you're coming around, I guess. <laughs> <But> like, <laughs> right, she's yeah. like, gonna keep playing, so. Right, like, the fuck? Um, um, meanwhile, Radhika, who's, like, a mutual friend of Govinda and, and Veda, was like, oh, but, like, Veda, don't give up on Govinda completely. Like, I know he's in the bottom two this week, but, like, he really does care about you. Like, he loves you a lot. And, like, Veda's like, I mean, that's cute that you, Radhika, are saying this to me, but, like, where is Govinda, the person in question, saying this to me, slash mm-hmm. demonstrating it with his actions? Um and every time she sees Govinda, it's like a little bit awkward. So essentially, when it comes to the dance show, Veda ends up taking Radhika and Chandra instead. And it's like really beautiful. Basically, they kind of, Pati described in part one how like, you know, when she saw, I think, Doc, um, Donam Akka dance, it, it kind of felt like she was disappearing on stage. Like they kind of experienced the same thing. It was like really, really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and like at this point, there's kind of like just like a montage of like Veda really just like, using a lot of prayer and meditation and and sort of acts of kindness to really align with her dance practice. Like it's really becoming more of like a, not to say that dance is like the totality of who she is, but it's really incorporating more elements of who she is as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, Around this time, she also, it's like her birthday. I I don't know what age she turned, but it was her birthday. And like Govinda sent this like really cute card that had like sketches and shit. So I guess Govinda isn't like completely chopped yet, but like still in the bottom two. Also turns out that Kamini, her rival from part one, I don't know if anyone if anyone remembers her, <laughs> but basically she she like sent Veda a birthday card and she was like, girl, I haven't heard about Kamini since part one. Like, what the fuck is she up to? So she like She's went like to Kamini's house. book back to herself. She's like, like she when was the last time was she was like, in this book? No, deadass literally, Veda was like, I deadass forgot Kamini <laughs> was on planet Earth. Like, I literally, like, she's like, huh, K- Kamini, like me, is inhaling and exhaling right now. And I literally had <laughs> no idea. <laughs> so she's like, girl, let me visit her ass. So she, like, goes to Kamini's house. Turns out Kamini was, li- so back before the accident, after, mm-hmm. which also, like, I don't know how Kamini managed to do this in, like, the 20 minutes between Veda winning the dance competition and this horrible accident taking place, but... Basically, she Kamini was like, yeah, ever since you won the dance competition, I was so jealous. I, like, wished for something terrible to happen to you. Like, I want, I wish that you would, like, never dance again, basically. Um, so, like, literally prayed for Veda's downfall, which is just, just yeah, embarrassing. I, I, I think it's human. I, I mean, you, I, I think, I don't think she really... Okay, watch your thoughts, I guess. But like, you know what I mean? Like, you have a moment where you're like, "This is my rival." Like, oh, I wish that you know. It's kind of like wishing right. that like you don't have to take your math test tomorrow. Like, you don't think right. it's actually going to happen, and you actually have no control over it happening. But right. But like, clearly, just feels very. She community very much feels like at fault. Like she feels like very guilty about the mm-hmm. whole thing. She's like, I feel like I am the reason why this happened to you, and I'm just like so sorry. And Veda's like, you know, it's totally fine. Community like it's totally, which is progress because. Veda in part one would have would have squared up. She'd have been like, "All right, Kamini, bring come on, like we got we got to box it out." But she was like, "We're not doing that. Like it is fine. I you are you're fine. It is what it is." At this point, she also Veda in her classes starts like teaching. So she actually has a lesson where she show she takes off her prosthesis and like lets the kids like hold it and like kind of understands it. She just talks very openly about her accent, which again is not something that I would put pressure on anyone who is living with yeah. a prosthesis to do, like to nope. demonstrate this level of vulnerability. There was obviously a level of psychological safety in, in the space that Veda was doing it, not like a societally enforced expectation here. But mm-hmm. She's also talking to children who she teaches as opposed to like 
an adult who expects her to explain herself. You know what I mean? Like exactly. The dynamic is also a little different too. But again, right. under no circumstance do you have to be someone's learning. And, and I don't even want to say learning because she, there's agency. I don't want to take away her agency. But in no circumstance do you have to do this. She just decides that she wants to. Or at least that's exactly. how the book's written. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so, so she shows she does that because she's like, I don't want this to be something that we don't have that, that we don't talk about that I don't acknowledge. I don't want to stigmatize what's happened to me and my lived reality right now with anything. So I'm just going to be very open with you and also showcase that like this has not stopped me from like dancing and loving my body and and and, and still you know making mistakes, but just ultimately being really holistic in this dance practice. And Uma is like clearly very touched by this and actually starts when she starts dancing again, like lets her scarf fall and like isn't covering her face anymore. It was just like a very like, it's just a very beautiful scene. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after this, Veda goes outside and she does sort of like a dance, like a meditative dance outside. And Donam Aka, who apparently was there, who Veda and I was like, girl, where the fuck did she come from? Donam Aka was like, Veda, there are only some things I can teach as a teacher. Even I, Donam Aka, have limitations. You cannot teach the shit you just did. <laughs> Go on and fuck it up, Veda. And she was like, okay, cool. Thanks, Donam Aka. And then Donam really Aka was validating. like, I would like for you to join me for one-on-one lessons. I would love you to join, uh, to have one-on-one lessons with you to further your dance practice. And Veda's like, oh my God, like, am I advanced enough? And then Donam Aka is like, you are ready, my child. The relationship I feel with you, perhaps you were my daughter in a past life or will be my daughter in a future life or, or whatever the case may be yeah, but like cute. let us do this thing you and i will go forth in your baratanatyam dance practice and it was just like very like lovely and like also kind of like donna maka just like really came out of nowhere but like mm-hmm. we love to see it and she like came on also, the wind like mary Poppins. like truly <laughs> and then just like disappeared like literally mm-hmm. into the abyss just in time for govinda's late ass <laughs> to show up and be like oh hey veda like because veda there was a whole thing where veda was like meet me at this like at the stage or whatever um so like govinda like shows up and is like hey veda like just want to let you know that like a bunch of shit happened off stage um essentially <laughs> i got stage. like a dance scholarship and i'm gonna be like getting a room and board situation set up so i'm gonna be moving out of my parents house i'm gonna be going into dance forever so now we can dance again and like veda was like huh so all that happened off screen he was like yeah but all happened (laughs) off screen (laughs) and then he's like oh by the way do you want to get coffee like i don't know like like let's like go on a date and veda's like absolutely the fuck not and he was like what and she was like um i actually like tea thank you very much and it was just i was like go ahead veda like so smooth with it Uh." anyway we love to see the kids anywho so they go on this date they like play with a dog and shit. Um, and it basically there's like an epilogue where Veda has like a dance performance actually at the same temple from like when she was like a baby, when she like climbed up that ladder and gave her parents a heart attack, when she was trying mm. to like touch the sculpture of um, like Shiva's foot. Um, she actually has a performance at that same temple and she like takes the audience to a place of like transcendence. It's just like really, really beautiful. Um, and that's basically how the book ends. Like with this like lovely performance and Veda very much still in her like dance practice, mm-hmm. Govinda, gets to dance for his career Donna Maka is still legendary and basically it all worked out um yeah yeah Yeah. I mean it worked out in the sense that like life continues yeah and this did not stop Veda from achieving her dreams so Mm -hmm. anywho thank you all so much for listening we're gonna take a little bit of a break and then we're going to come back and get into all of the thoughts and feelings woo And we're back. We are. 
Yes. So, um, <laughs> you know, that was fun. That was cute. I, I guess we're going to do that thing we always do with our thoughts and our feelings. I really like this book. I'm sure mm-hmm. no one is surprised. I, again, I really like the form, the structure. As we explain it, we explain all these things that happened. It sounds like a lot. And it is a lot. But somehow the way it's written, both the form and the way it follows Veda's mind and her process and the way she talks about the author talks about the process, it doesn't make it feel like a lot. It just feels like mm. life. You know how like, you're watching like a teen drama and like a lot happens and you're like, that's a lot. But I don't, I'm not convinced all of that would have happened in such a short time period. And the tone right. of it is very confusing to me. This doesn't give that vibe. This This is a really well organized Mm-hmm. piece of fiction it's very poetic it mixes poetry along with prose really mm-hmm. well and i like the characters i really like veda i i like her a lot because mm-hmm. she she's a well-rounded character like i know what veda thinks about things like if i met veda mm-hmm. i could tell her personality same thing with chandra honestly same thing with ma and pa honestly all of the characters they don't have yeah. Even the side characters don't have a lot happening, but they do feel like people <laughs> who you could actually mm. meet in the story. Um, Govinda, I feel like, has an actual arc, which I appreciate. And I, uh, you know, Akka is like a cool character. Everyone's just an interesting person. They all have their their motivations. But I really, what I like is a, and I think this is the author's <laughs> point. <laughs> Marcy's like, I got feelings about Govinda, but okay. No, I was uh, going to say, uh, the only people I don't live for are those fucking twins. We didn't oh, even bring yeah. them up. But, like, they're yeah. these ableist ass twins who literally suck. But, like, they do. Aside from them, everyone else is fine. It's fine. <laughs> or at least redeemable. Right. But the twins are also just like, I think they're actually just a metaphor. Like, because they're, they're, their bullying is like so ridiculous that you're just like... <laughs> I what like can y'all call like just real level one with the shit like it's like okay come right. on like at least give this some experience points mm-hmm. like girl you hitting me with like some Charmander ass fucking insults I was about girl. to say anyway is, playing one yeah. D chess okay girl you done <laughs> anywho playing it's, checkers playing checkers anyway okay so I I really like yeah like Marcy said most of the characters are just well rounded I like this conversation about spirituality and physicality and men, and mental mentality <laughs> mental i don't know what your mind mm. okay whatever you heard me so i like all of this discussion i think it's well placed i think it's interesting it made me think it made me feel i liked the process of of processing trauma and the process of letting go i, I think mm. a lot of young people face a lot of hardship and no one tells them or at least when i was a kid no one told me People were really vague about how to get over things or how to get better. Mm. They were like, something, 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 time heals all wounds, something, something, adulthood. And Mm. you're like, oh, my God, thanks, (laughs) I guess. But it's kind of like um, Bell Hooks about love, where she's like, if you get really vague about things, (laughs) it's kind of hard to pinpoint them. And then it's really hard to do them (laughs) and explains what she considers love to be as a definition. And I think in this book, mm. the author goes through the same process of saying, well, if you want to know how to heal from something, here's the process. It probably isn't this linear. It's, again, it's likely not this pretty and this clean. Not that this is particularly mm. clean and pretty, but I think she is, I, I mean, I can imagine the situation being far darker. I think the author doesn't go as dark because of the audience she's trying to portray this to. Oh, def- definitely. 
Um, Absolutely, yeah. But it's a very good manual about introspection, about compassion, about self-discovery and self-growth and transcend. I don't know, whatever, whatever. So it's it's cool. I liked it. Yeah. I also yeah. stand Sandra. I think she's a great friend. I, I find her to be hilariously a good friend. Like, yeah. <laughs> Veda will be like, I have this problem. I feel like maybe it's because Chandra is me. I like really related to her. Like in the sense that like if people ask me for advice, I'm like, why don't you just do like the most simple answer? And people are like, well, what about all these things? And I'm usually like, right. I'm still going to go back to that simple answer. Let's <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll circle back to what I said earlier. About, <laughs> I like yeah. That is Chandra's mode operata, probably even more than me. And I, I really think mm. that there's something comforting about I think there's there's like a lot of ways to empathize and there's a lot of ways to be compassionate, right? And I think Chandra has her own style of doing it that I think is consistent and beautiful and really reassuring. So Yeah. What about you, hmm. Marzi? Yeah. I echo a lot of your feelings. I really liked this book. It is it, I, I I it was it was truly it was so touching. It was just such mm. a deeply touching, beautiful story. I think especially part two, like mm. the pieces around bringing in like your own experiences, like, you know, focusing on just seeing dance as a conduit to so many other ways of how we show yeah. up in the world and like just how we embody spirituality and how it can it can really inform a philosophy for how we can be better to both ourselves and other people. I just thought it was really, really lovely. And mm. it really just had me thinking a lot about just like, I don't know, just doing a lot of reframing. Um, yeah, yeah. Like there were so many quotes, like I like I, I wrote a couple of them, a couple of them down. I remember like, um, I think Govinda might have said both of these things, but at one point he said, because when when Veda was having a hard time with making the mistakes of of, the, of movements and, and things that she would have she would have easily been able to do before her her right leg got amputated, like Govinda says something to the effect of, you know, dance isn't about winning or losing; it's about enjoying higher body moves. And then I remember later when they were talking mm. about sort of the, the that intersection of like dance and meditation, he says something like, you know, some of us meditate through movement. Um, meditation isn't about pushing your body; it's about respecting it the way you'd respect every other space within which God dwells. And I was like, Yeah, I don't even right. I, like I don't even have words, words to respond. That. Like that is so lovely and it's just so i i feel like there's so much here around not even just like like to say self-respect or self-compassion feels too it doesn't feel like it captures it really at all but like i feel like there's just so much here around like just the truest sense of self-acceptance and like self-love mm-hmm. and like dance being able to bring so much in that that i was like i just i find myself really wanting to sit with a lot of this like i feel like yeah it genuinely i was like i actually want to reframe how i go about like my own dance practice and like just think putting it in just sort of in a different context like and just Mm. kind of i feel like it really this book taught me a lot and i was like I i am like so humbled and moved at how beautiful this book was and i think and i and i felt like seeing veda's 
journey throughout all of this, seeing her intentionality, her growth. To to your point, I mean, I thought she was like a phenomenal fucking character. Like I was like, Veda is actually lit as shit. And like just the just seeing all the love and the warmth in this book and the support, mm-hmm. it was just very it was just so lovely. Like there was just so yes. much like awe and wonder. And I just, I was, yes, I was just, I was really moved reading this. And like, I remember I, like I literally wept at the part where, um, where Veda got casted for the dance recital. Like she was so like caught off guard. And like when her family like was like, Oh my God, you did it. You like, this is exactly what you said you were going to do. You said you're going to dance. And like, here you are like perform. Like I was so like, mm-hmm. even like right now, like I'm like, wow, not me getting misty eyed. Like I literally am just like, that's just, it was just so, so moving. Um, yeah. And certainly there are things that like, you know, more specific things I can talk about, but like all in all, like if we're, if we're assessing this book, but really just just art as a medium, right? By like the the things, the, the ways it makes us feel, like how it allows us to explore these different ideas of who we who we are, who we can be. Like I feel like this book was just really, truly one of the most moving pieces of media I've, I've consumed in a really long time. So it was just yeah. So those are my all in all overall thoughts <laughs> on the book. Um, but yeah, just a really truly beautiful book that I will certainly be going back to. In throughout throughout my life, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. You know they they talk about wonder. There's a point I think Govinda and uh, Veda are talking, and they talk about wonder and awe. And it was really reaffirming to read because we also talk about wonder and awe, um, or we did like two episodes ago or something. Um, mm-hmm. And. I think a lot of this book was reaffirming. Sometimes I feel like I get kind of woo-woo or I talk about love and I'm like, the answer is love. <laughs> the answer is compassion. The answer is mm-hmm. connection. And you you can feel in a capitalist society, in late stage capitalism, in the modern era, wherever we are now, mm-hmm. a little bit lonely in your earnestness towards a genuine connection with people and a compassion and a transcendentalism and, and an, an us-ness that, it, that, is, that is more than our physical forms. But for the author to write like really simply that that's like true and has always been true. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. it's just not like something she's, she's not trying to convince you in the book <laughs> that this is the case. That's just like the foundation of the book. <laughs> These things are real. Community mm-hmm. and love and compassion and healing and letting go and moving on. But without like a diminishment of difficulties. Right. That I really, like to your point, Marcy, is really if you're talking about a book that can move you or give you perhaps a conviction what <laughs> this might be that this might do that because <laughs> because it asks you to ask yourself to introspect and in that introspection maybe you'll find something and it, it, it doesn't and in the same way like veda is not alone the book doesn't really leave you alone to do that work alone it just kind of like takes you on like a river with it and you're supposed to like ask yourself if you want to like delve into this this like whatever thing with them um the book Mm -hmm. that is 
So that's one thing. Another, I have this like strange anecdotal story that I'm going to tell now that's either going to, someone across the world is going to be like, hey, I know that person. Or it's like never, it's just going to reverberate through the universe and no one's ever going to know anything about it. But in the middle of the... (laughs) In the middle of the, the quarantine, I, I, I really, so I've, I meditate, I've meditated my whole life. I've meditated since I was a teenager. And when I was having a really hard time as a teenager. But to do it, I sort of, I, I didn't have like, I don't know. I didn't know how to look it up on the, I, whatever. I didn't have guidance. I just started listening to like, in particular, a lot of like um, Jay Dilla or New Javez, mm-hmm. um, one or, or both or any at any given time and i would get into this like very meditative state and that's obviously not a traditional meditative practice but it worked and during the quarantine i had this this meditation app and the one of the developers was like do you want to like talk about this app and of course like i it's a quarantine i live alone i was just like sure i'll talk to a stranger because that's like my mode operata so we just like get on the mm-hmm. phone and the the app developer lives in india I was like, just get on the, this is like the serendipitous life that I live. We get on the phone and we're just having this like long conversation about this app. And then he's like, well, when did you start meditating? I was like, well, honestly, if I'm really thinking about it, when I was a teenager, I would like listen to like Jay Dilla and New Jabez and Miles Davis. And he was like, you would just meditate to jazz music. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, ah, that is not the traditional mode that you're supposed to do. He was like, but I kind of dig it. And then we just like had this really long conversation. And then I like got off the phone and never talked to him again. But (laughs) (laughs) one, it was really beautiful because he just didn't seem bothered by it, by my style of meditation. And, you know, he was talking about his own. And then also like in in this book, when Govinda says that dancing is a type of meditation, like listening to jazz or like, I don't know, lo-fi hip hop or, or taking a run, like, I don't know. I always say taking a run, going for a run are all <laughs> ways, you know, to dance, to move, to feel. Uh, there's a lot of ways to meditate. And I think, I think it's true that you don't have to get caught up on the form, right? It's the point is, is the process. It's, and I think a lot of times in the U S in late stage capitalism, there is a focus on the appearance of things on how things are supposed to look and are supposed to be done or the applause of the audience, which Veda also talks about, you know, in the last scene, she's dancing alone. No one's watching her at the beginning of part one. The question was like, am I just doing this for the applause or for the love of it? And so I think it's important to think about how, how we do things for the appearance or the right way, quote unquote, because in that, I guess, stubbornness, we might lose the heart of it. So I think the book, gets to that deeply in the middle of it you want to talk about veda and govinda real fast (laughs) 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 i was like i'm about to lose the thread let's go to the next topic i think i think i cinched it pretty well but it's unclear oh my god (laughs) yes let's talk perfect (laughs) (laughs) oh my god um do you want me to start uh, yes, please. <laughs> okay. So I, <laughs> this is really interesting. Their relationship was very fascinating because first of all, I was like really rooting for them. Mm. I had a, it's very interesting. I, I feel like recently I was, I, I asked, I was like asking myself, I was like, am I just like not moved by like 
heterosexual or like heteronormative like romantic depictions like do i just like feel nothing when they're happening like what like there's a little bit of a disconnect (laughs) seeing that kind Mm. of media um and i think what i realized in that was that it's not necessarily like the genders of the people in question but i think just sort of the scripts that are often Mm -hmm. so thrown in that i just i just don't really connect to and i found Veda and Govinda's dynamic really, really earnest. It felt very Mm. honest. It felt like this is the two of you were interacting in the only way that the two of you would, right? Like it just Mm. felt like y'all are just coming together in this very beautiful way and like just truly teaching one another so many different things in a way that I found myself really rooting for them and was like very much like oh my god Mm. like I really hope this works out I will say by the end of the book I was less pressed like when Govinda was like (laughs) doing all the things and was like I don't know if I'm trying to even dance anymore like all of that like I was kind of like I'm kind of living for Veda being like I'm just gonna go on my spiritual journey and like align myself with like community and just like find like put my energy in like my family and my friendships and like that's actually totally fine like I like I was kind of living for that narrative it's not to say I was like upset when like she didn't go into you know went on that date or whatever like that like that's fine but I was I found myself less like I want this to happen I guess um and I think hmm I think what shift was shifted for me was that I think by the end I wanted I, I wish that Govinda was more present. I think that was my I was trying to figure out I was like, why do I feel like mm. differently about Govinda now than I did it before? It's not it's not even that I dislike Govinda. Like that like my summary might have been sounded shady, but like it like I really <laughs> did like Govinda's like a fine character. Like like there's nothing, like <laughs> I actually liked his character a lot. But um I think for me, I I wish that like he kind of inc- he pulled Veda in more as he was like kind of going through that process of like convincing his parents, finding out the things. And he, and he told her later, he was like, Oh, I didn't want to tell you any of this about the dance scholarship and all of that because like, I wanted it to be a surprise. But then it was also like, I don't know, I feel like there were a lot of moments where Veda really leaned on Govinda and moments where she was feeling very vulnerable and like mm. she was kind of unclear and like she didn't really have a lot of answers, but like she was just like earnest and like. I think Veda's maybe, and maybe they just process, or not Veda, but I think Govinda, like, maybe they just process things differently, but, like, I don't know, I would have loved if, like, he kind of, like, leaned on her more a little bit in that whole situation. Um, I felt like there there was a piece there where I feel like Govinda felt like he had to present a more polished version of of himself and his circumstances before he felt like equipped to like, you know, ask Veda out or like be around her when he was like in this moment of transition. I just feel like that, that could have been like played with a little bit, not saying you owe people around you, like the, your most inner secrets, but like, I feel like that could have been like a very, I don't know. I feel like that would have, I, I would have, liked if that had happened more because it did kind of feel like okay so all these things just conveniently <laughs> happened off screen off and like screen. it all worked out you know what i mean like i just yeah like mm. I, I wish that really i think at the base of it i think i i wish govinda was just a bit more vulnerable like i think he i think he could be very vulnerable when it comes to talk when it comes to talking about like spiritual teachings and like veda circumstances but like i feel like he's not always the best about like being like i'm in sort of this transitionary period and like i don't really understand all the things um Mm. well yes and no i feel like that's sometimes true sometimes not true but yeah basically that that was kind of like what my thoughts were around the end of that whole situation but like at the end i mean i I still lived for it like i was like oh fuck it up yes the two of y'all this is great (laughs) i love y'all's dynamic i feel like i've been talking for a long time i have one more thought though no go ahead um 
I will say the uh, one other thing about their relationship that I was kind of like, I feel like we could have played with this a little bit was that I've been I've been noticing Ooh, and, I, and I noticed some of this in, in Ghost Bride and I'm sure it's also appeared in other books we've been reading too. But like, I find this trope happens in like these sort of usually heterosexual dynamics where like the man or the boy, the guy in question is like kind of like on this more teasing bit like he like you know like will be like oh like i'm gonna tease you in these like different ways and it's like very Mm -hmm. innocuous and it's kind of like oh whatever like we're flirting like it's not like that deep but like that dynamic did kind of show up a little bit in their relationship which like i think by the end there was like a bit more tit for tat but like i i I, and this isn't like a critique even but like I, i would love to see maybe more dynamics where that's like flipped where there's like a you know assuming like a sort of more heterosexual dynamic where like i don't know like the 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 guy is more of sort of the site of like the teasing and like you know things like that. I feel like like I almost think about like mm. um, Hey Arnold like and how Helga was like <laughs> not like looking not like that like obviously Helga was like, like that right. was like a very different dynamic but like in a similar vein of like just kind of like flipping that on its head a little bit because um, mm. I think I think sometimes my issue with that type of trope is that it, it I think it can position men as possessing yeah. more knowledge than they actually have or possessing more of a like a i don't want to say a power but like a like i guess just so, to some degree it kind of puts things in their favor and i and i i feel like in the pursuit of like egalitarian and like truly fully customizable relationships that like kind of work against a lot of these scripts like i feel like depictions like that could be really interesting um mm. anyway so the, those are like my very thoughts around Govinda and <laughs> Invita. But what did you what did you think, Akko? Yeah. To your point about heteronormative relationships, I think the scripts are pretty bad. I actually think heteronormativity might be the death of love. And I mean that mm. even for heret- heteronormative relationships because I actually think you really can't love anyone on a script. It doesn't really make any sense. Oof, and I think heteronormativity isn't real even if you're in a relationship where one person identifies as a male and one person identifies as a, as a female, because heteronormativity is really, really narrow <laughs> and it requires people to conform to it as opposed to allowing the flexibility of existence. And I think that's actually true in queer relationships too, I, because I don't think heteronormativity only affects oh, it is. straight people. It definitely is. Yeah. And it's just this idea of a script and what people should be doing that causes a problem. And so I I think you would see in other places where that script isn't necessary or just in different relationships, people who are willing to not play into those scripts. And I think that's where true companionship is. And then, I don't know, capitalism like takes that and like commodifies it and flattens it down to something that can be sold in a package of feel-good feelings for the holidays. Oh my God. Because all beautiful things must be exploited. Anyway, um, so I think your point is well taken. And I think you find a lot of scripts, movie scripts, book scripts, whatever scripts, that sort of are a little bit lazy, right? <laughs> in their telling mm. of, of uh, first of all, the characters are flat. So, of course, the romance is flat. And then we use a lot of um, shorthands for, they're supposed to indicate to us certain things. And it kind of doesn't work. That's not the case in this book. I think Veda and Govinda are well-rounded characters. And so, and their relationship to each other is based on their personalities. <laughs> and so they, right. they just feel very kind of like all, and again, just like romance is an extension of all other relationships, 
just like her other relationships in the story are well-rounded and thought out. This one also has that same level of well-roundedness and thought outness. Um, I think so for me, I, I do, I do agree that Govinda could have expressed, I think he does. He does. Here's what I'm saying. What are you saying? Ako? I think Govinda does <laughs> say he's having a tough time. And as someone who I think also kind of goes into their shell when they're having a hard time, I I got what Govinda was was doing. Like I think if we had a whole separate story about just Govinda in his life, like you would have heard his inner monologue more. But you can actually mm. kind of see his inner monologue from from Veda because he's like, I don't know if I'm strong enough to go against my parents about my life. So if I can't do that, I, we really can't be together because I understand. Like I think Govinda has the type of conviction where he understands when he's doesn't when he's not having conviction about something, um, mm-hmm. which is like a good point, right? Like you can have conviction, like you can know who you are and then have a moment or moments of not standing by your convictions. And if you actually really believe in something and really introspect, that's going to make, that's going to unsettle you. And so Govinda's unsettled. And so he's like, well, I have to get settled again. Like I've settled so much spirituality and feelings and all that stuff. And I'm, thinking about it and my feelings and I'm not settled. So I'm going to go figure that out. And I kind of like that. He's like, it's really not your thing to figure out. Like, it's not, it's not that it's, it's not that I don't like you. and It's not about you. And again, he could have communicated this, but he is like 15, but it's like, mm-hmm. it, it really is Govinda's to figure out. It's his to choose if he's going to go against his parents or not. It's his to choose if he's going to get a scholarship. And I can see another story in which Govinda makes a Veda's problem and then it causes some like odd, awkward conflict and then it just like causes issue because he's projecting on her his insecurities. And I really think he just doesn't do that. <laughs> he just, I mean, he could have said, hey, I'm sorting my shit out. I'll be back. But that's also a lot. I mean, he's what I like about his character. He's quite imperfect. So at the very beginning of the book, he seems quite perfect, right? But you start mm-hmm. to realize he's just a human being. <laughs> so yeah, he when he gets overwhelmed, he stops coming to classes. He's trying to figure it out. He gets confused. And I think that's accurate. That's that's how people mm. work. Um, men are women. So I really liked that story. Again, he could have, yeah, he could have been like, I'm struggling. And he didn't. But I was like, Akko, how many times have you been struggling? And I've just like sat in a corner and been like, well, I guess I'll just suffer through this. And someone has to been like, pick up the phone and be like, Akko, are you suffering in a corner? And I'm like, it's funny that you say that because I definitely am. <laughs> um <laughs> And so, like, the way Veda has... And Veda notes this. She was like, I was trying to be supportive of Govinda like he was when I was in a bad place. But it's, like, kind of hard for me. <laughs> and, like, that's... She was like, I can't... I'm not as good at that. I just, like, Govinda's not as good as expressing himself. Whereas Veda's very good at expressing herself. I mean, she really just told Jim what was up. Um, right. Jim from, like, page 15. But, so, I... <laughs> <laughs> did that happen on page 15 <laughs> no it was like page 105 like, the book is longer than i'm letting on but and i also think i did like govinda kind of not being in the narrative at the end because i think the author was like govinda is a whole well-rounded character and he could have his own book but this is really not govinda's book so we really need to look at what veda's growth path looks like and at the beginning she's really reliant on people right she's really reliant on community jim her mom her pa govinda and Mm -hmm. that's she needs that but there's a point in the book where they're saying she is strong now she is able to not just 
like soothe herself, self-soothe, but also help others. And so this part isn't really about the people who are helping her or the people who care about her. It's about Veda and her mm. her growth. And I, I kind of liked having... And the fact that she's like a, a whole well-rounded person who might... She's made new friends, Radhika and Chandra. Chandra's not a new friend. She's an OG. But you know what I mean? she's <laughs> She will be fine regardless um, because she's she has her conviction back. She has her, her sense of self back. So that was mm. kind of my feeling... I actually think Govin is probably one of the best male characters I've seen written. Maybe Jim Shadji is up there, but anyway. Um, Oof, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, don't <laughs> say that name around me, friend. Oh, my God. Oh, my mm. God. Uh, but uh, to your point about the teasing, <laughs> Jim Shadji is from um, Praveen Mystery Novels, by the way. Anyway, so to your point about the teasing, I do agree with you that it's typically not reversed. And as someone who teases people quite often, I agree that it should be in more stories because I really like teasing. I'm not, I don't think I'd mm-hmm. But I do tease. And your point is well taken. Like a tease in a patriarchal society can quickly become a neg <laughs> when, it's, mm, when, when it's mean-spirited. Yeah. And, and in this scenario, I don't think it, it does because there's like a yeah, cultural so background. Not just a cultural background, but I mean, Govinda just seems like a nice guy who actually cares. Um, yeah. But I think a lot of... And this probably goes back to him having conviction and compassion and like a moral compass. <laughs> but I think a lot of people use teasing as a way to undermine and hurt people's feelings um mm. so yeah sure switched i think that's fair like having the dynamic change but also just like and i think we talk about this sometimes and this is probably a side plot that we should talk about in a different episode but it's also the nature of, of a joke the nature of humor and what you want it to convey do i want True. do i want my nature my, my nature do i want my my humor to convey love you know, it's an extension of your mentality as well. Or do I want it to convey power and control? And that's, mm, I think yeah. that's true, you know, in dance and jokes and cooking, whatever, whatever you're doing, that's kind of true. So anyway, that's my thought on that. Yeah. I, I really like that framework. I'm, I'm really, yeah. When you, especially responding to Govinda kind of like, I would okay, so I wouldn't say he ghosted Veda or anything like that, but just being more absent, just kind of being like more insular. Like you're, you're right, and I think it does just speak to sort of the different ways in which they process, and also to to your point, they are also adolescents. Like they literally are. There's a lot going on, um, mm-hmm. and so I, I like the way you kind of put that in in context, um, and and definitely what you said as far as like the teasing dynamic and kind of just like yeah, just playing with that and like kind of. You know, it doesn't have to be so sort of, I guess, one directional or whatever. Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, y'all, I know, I mean, regardless, I, I'm sure I've said this like a million times, but like, I really do fuck with their relationship heavy. I'm like, this just feels very healthy and like... It does. It, it's it's nice to be, to see a dynamic in which like, it truly feels like both parties are are just constantly teaching one another different things. And like, there's just a lot of like, I mean, yes, they like to spend time with one another. Their dynamic, like conversations good and things like that. But like, there's a lot in Govinda that Veda's like, wow, that's really dope. And like, and and vice versa. Right. And it's just, and and it's it's really nice to see that take place. And it's also nice to see that take place in a situation where both parties in question, we see it more so from Veda's point of view, but like, I'm sure Govinda has his rituals and practices as well, but like both are truly looking to, just align themselves spiritually and like kind of conduct themselves in a way that would just bring the best on for both themselves and the community around them. And I just feel like mm-hmm. to, to, to 
to ferment a love out of a space of like that kind of spiritual and personal self-exploration, like kind of reaching these new heights of self-acceptance. It's just a really beautiful space through which we can find that and breathe those kinds of relationships. And so I just, yeah, I, end of the day, I just really love their dynamic a lot. And I just just love this book so much. I just love this book so much. I, it's really good. I'm really happy it exists. I'm really happy that this is like in the world for people to, to, um, to learn from and, and, and engage with. It's just, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful tale. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, I was going to say like, Govinda doesn't seem very toxic, but I'm actually going to change the lens again because why not? I don't think it's a matter. I think we start from like trying to fix the problem. Like people's behaviors are toxic or the patriarchy is toxic or capitalism well, that might always just be toxic. But my point is that um, what if we start from the different direction? Like, instead of trying to, I feel like we start from this place of like, all humans do these terrible things. And we have to just watch our actions and constantly watch them so that we don't do like whatever toxic thing that we're going to do. But I, I really think we should start from the other direction and we should start with what we believe and what do we think and what are our convictions and what are things that give us self-assuredness without having to, like, diminish other people? And then you really don't, if you start from there, you're really not going to get to the point where you're disregarding people and consuming them. And you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and I think that's what I get from this book. That it's, if you want an antidote for for evil, <laughs> sure, mm-hmm. Or like social ills. Instead of trying to like, it's kind of like you said about the tree, Marcy, although you're talking about tree, like history. But I mean, like if it's metaphorically, if you want to cut down a tree, it would make very little sense to keep cutting down the branches until you got to the trunk. That would be ineffective. Mm -hmm. It would be better to just like grow a better tree, right? Or start from the root. So instead of like asking yourself, like, oh, policing your mind and your thoughts, like, how do I get rid of this uh, like bias or this discrimination or this feeling or this, that, like, maybe just go the other direction and ask yourself, like, what do I believe and when do I hold true and when do I, I hold dear and how do that I embody that like mentally and physically and through my community and the world? And then I think you'll get to a better answer. And then I, I don't even think whatever ism will come up because I don't think Govinda is caring or compassionate to Veda because he's like read all the right things to do. Right. <laughs> like, I, I think he's starting from a place of this is where my love and conviction and my feelings lie. And regardless, not even romantic, just as a concept and as a way I live and my behavior towards you you or someone else is an extension of that conviction and maybe that extension is a romantic one or maybe it's in a teaching role or maybe it's as an older brother or maybe it's as a parent but they all stem from the same like fountain of belief and philosophy you know and i don't mean like philosophy like high flutant like i read plato today i just mean philosophy like what do i think about things so if you think that that's a wild thought and that we've really just, I mean, 
A Time to Dance was really about a time to dance. Twitter, <laughs> at the colored pages, let us know. Or Instagram, <laughs> at these colored pages. Maybe you want to hit us up on our email, these colored pages at gmail.com. And you know what? We still have a website, these colored pages.com. Woo. <laughs> yes, correct, correct. And if this show brought you any love, light, delight, yes, because this book was what? Poetry. Feel free to send us some love wherever you're listening to this podcast. Could be up a podcast or not. But regardless of where you're listening to it, you know, leave us a little comment, little rating, little review. You know, we really, really appreciate it. And, you know, if you know someone in your life and you're like, you know what you need in your life, this whole fucking book, this conversation around transcendental self-acceptance and hearing about just the musings of like Govinda and Veda's relationship, feel free to send them this link to this episode so they can enjoy all the things. And then just like literally just throw your phone into a river somewhere. That's totally (laughs) fine because that's going to help us to really connect and build our community as well. (laughs) So certainly do all of those things. Or not, but regardless, next time we're actually going to be doing something a little bit different. Um, We are exhausted. So we're going to take a quick break (laughs) from our usual novels and do a like little summer short moment in early in, in like the early winter um we're actually going to be joined by some friends where we're going to yes. be talking about a, a graphic novel called bingo love by t franklin so look forward to that or not but regardless Akko, <laughs> is there anything else we should leave our listeners with before we head out no just until we meet next time just remember to stay, stay colorful, colorful.